Welcome to Take It On, the mental health podcast for young men. To start out 2022, we get to bring in with Take 22 with a really special guest today. We're super excited for this one. I'm Jonah Jacobs here with my co-host, Reed Milkins, and we are about to dive into our 2022 goals and speak with Ebenezer Samuel, the fitness director of men's health. Reed, why don't you share what, what goals and resolutions you've got cooked up this year? Jones, it's been a minute since we've, uh, since we've been in the studio to record, man. I know. It feels I know. weird, needed, but I'm... Needed that break to refresh. Yeah, I know. I'm glad, I'm glad we're back and kicking the year off with a bang. Ab is a stud and sweet conversation. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question, my 2022 goals. Um, you know, I just started second semester of my sophomore year. Very excited. Um, you know, everything's everything's going great here in Columbus. I've got a little bit more of a rigorous class schedule than last semester. Um, I think I spaced it out pretty nicely to, you know, optimize my days, leave good time to get to the gym, get work done. But it's definitely a lot. Um, I'm taking five business core classes and one online GE that isn't too big of a deal. But I definitely want to you know, keep the good grades rolling, the hard work, you know, keep it rolling. I uh, finished last semester, very happy with how that ended. Hopefully I can, you know, capitalize in, in the same way again this semester. And, you know, over, over winter break, I, I did a lot of thinking and we talked about this during, I don't know whether it was the Thanksgiving episode or whenever we kind of wrapped up our, our 2021 goals, but I definitely want to, you know, make more of the time that I have with my friends um, and, and kind of just enjoy the college lifestyle, go out um, and not necessarily constrain myself to think that sacrificing, uh, not going out to possibly do better with my goals is, you know, a, a do or die situation, kind of just be a kid, live. Um, and yeah, you know, just really just enjoy myself, be happy and keep killing it in the gym. I'm in a really good groove right now in the gym. Very happy with that, making some real steady gains and, you know, hopefully uh, take it on. will be my North star and I'll be able to kind of ride that wave. What about you? Jones? I, it, I know this is, a, this is a big year for you. A lot of stuff going on in the upcoming future. Why don't you tell us uh, your goals for the year? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I also will integrate taking on as my North Star. And as as you all will, you know, hear very shortly, I think using a North Star as a as a way to set up your goal system is quite an effective one. Uh, our guest will dive into that in a minute. Uh, my my North Stars are my goals for 2022. I'll keep this kind of focused. Um, I'll start with um, my meditation practice. Ever since we started speaking with Mac, ever since I got more invested in the mental health world, you know, uh, you can't avoid seeing the proponents of meditation and all the benefits that it can, it can add to your life. And so I was finally, finally hooked and really wanted to give it a serious try. And since uh, January 1st, I've meditated almost every single morning I've, I've woken up for uh, at least 10 minutes. And then most days I also have an afternoon meditation. It's unbelievable. I love what you said about one of your goals kind of be just to, just to live. That's actually my mantra that I say when I meditate, because I often think that, cause I just have a very extreme personality. Um, I like to get really invested in the things I get really invested in. And so I, I need to learn sometimes, even when they're like healthy habits or like a healthy lifestyle to kind of, you kind of just need to live, you know, you can't be uberly self-critical. If you fall just short of your goals, you can't beat yourself up over a mistake that you can learn from in a positive way. And so in my meditation practice, when I just kind of repeat that, just, just like, you know, to live and just have a deep breath in and out, it's really helped me, um, in a daily sense of calm and focus and, and not in a way that's like relaxing in a way, not that it's like non-relaxing, but in a way that's like it's energizing. I definitely have one last cup of coffee than usual after that afternoon meditation, just to kind of like center and organize my thoughts. And it feels great. If anything, I just am a little bit more in touch with my breath, which I think has helped me as I run and work out in a gym with a mask on. Um, so that's been huge. And then the second thing, the second resolution, it's a little bit less like action oriented, a little bit more kind of like, like a guiding principle is I'm trying to be 
trying to procrastinate less. Um, I've definitely come a long way and, you know, like high school, college, the deadline is at 1159 and you click submit at 1158. But I find that I procrastinate decisions, like maybe like cleaning up my room or doing laundry or like canceling something. Uh, and I don't, I don't like that. I find that it's like, it's like weirdly difficult in my head. And so when I just do it immediately, as soon as I think to, you know, like, man, like I need, I need to buy this. Like I'm out of, I'm out of deodorant. I'm not going to let a day go by without that. Like absolutely not. And it was so easy to let those minor things like a day without cleaning your room kind of just go. Um, and not procrastinating on those decisions has been really, really useful. I've been way more, like, I, I don't wake up and think like, oh shit, like I gotta, I gotta do this today. Um, and I found that really helpful, really freeing for like my, like almost like my headspace a little bit, um, just like better able to kind of concentrate, go about my day, not having these little things hang over my head. And it's almost like kind of cleaning my exterior or taking care, like checking things off my mental to-do list, um, means I'm thinking less and I can think more on what's important and what's, what's in the moment. Uh, so yeah, just a little, a little bit about our goals start awesome. 2022 off. Right. Uh, and I know a lot of people have, have fitness goals usually to, to start a new year who doesn't have that. I'll go to the gym resolution and hopefully this episode will provide you some, some motivation, some exercise tips to get you to it. So without, without much ado, uh, let's introduce Ebenezer Samuel, fitness director for men's health. Ab, thanks for joining. Take it on. Hey, how's it going? Great to be here. Well, yeah, very ecstatic to have you. Uh, let's just dive right in and would love to hear about your background, your, your fitness journey and how it brought you to be the director at uh, men's health. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I, um, I've always kind of been into fitness, but I really wasn't sure how to, I honestly wasn't sure how to make it a career when I kind of got started because I grew up in, in kind of a small town in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, didn't see a whole ton of trainers, you know, so like, that's where like, you know, you learn how to do four sets of 10 on bench press and just keep doing that your whole life. And, and you figure that's what you're supposed to do. So I was like, there's no real kind of career for, um, for being a trainer. So I actually wound up getting a degree in accounting and then one in journalism. Um, the whole time I'm like learning about kind of fitness and training and stuff like that for myself. Right. Cause that's like, like the one thing I've always wanted to do since I was 10 was, you know, look like a superhero, move like a superhero, you know, bench press like 315. So um, the whole time I'm like studying this, learning it, um, training people on the side, but didn't think it could be a career. I wound up going into um, journalism, sports journalism, because that's a covering athletes is probably the closest I thought I could get to, to learning how they train. Right. So, you know, I wound up covering, uh, I, I wrote for the New York Daily News and for ESPN the magazine for a little bit, but the whole time I'm kind of writing and my end game is I want to get to hang out with these guys so I can figure out how they train. Right. Um, so I wound up doing that. And then a couple of years ago, I, think, I want to say five years ago now, um, men's health had an opening for a fitness editor at the time. I hadn't even thought of that as a career. I was like, wait, so I can kind of marry my love of fitness to writing, which I spent the last, you know, eight, 10 years of my life doing. If I can do that, that would be the best of both worlds. And I can actually get, instead of asking athletes, you know, how did you score 25 points last night? I can, I can actually ask them about their training. Um, and so I got, I wound up getting that job um, in part because of my athlete connections. Um, and, um, and I kind of haven't left ever since. Um, and what I, one of the things I learned, it's interesting, is athletes actually don't know, as I've kind of worked with more of them here and there, athletes actually don't know how they train anyway. Um, and it's actually, you know, behind every, um, I mean, great athletes are naturally talented. Um, but behind almost every great athlete where you hear about their training and how much they bench and how, you know, how fast they are in the 40 and stuff like that behind almost all those guys is a trainer who's kind of helped them pick up like the nuance of how to really get strong and fast, et cetera. One, one thing I noticed off the bat, actually a couple of weeks ago, I read your piece about quitting bench press and already in the first mm -hmm. few minutes, you've mentioned heavy bench pressing quite a few times, which is something that um, in my five to six years of training so far has been something that I've been really into. And <laughs> last fall, um, I hit three plates for the first time and I 
kept doing it, kept doing it. And my shoulder just got messed up. So I also quit bench press for quite a while. And recently I kind of returned to it a little bit. Um, but I'm sure a lot of our audience who are young men and who grew up in the gym with the bench press as kind of like the gold standard of lifting, um, quitting bench press is going to be kind of a tough thing. Like you mentioned in the article, you know, the pain that they perceive with the bench press, it's like, oh, it's okay. Like it's fine. I'm benching. Um, so why do you think that the bench press is, is what it is today and why everyone sees it as kind of that gold standard? It's interesting. Cause I, I mean, when you think about how a lot of gold standard, you know, lists or concepts come about, it's just, I think it's a, it's a blend of circumstance and, and availability, right? Um, cause I think you see the same thing, like 40 yard, the 40 yard dash, right? What's your 40 time, you know, it's kind of like another cool number, right? Um, that has no bearing on anything and perhaps even less bearing on our day-to-day life than the bench press, right? But you know, what, what's your 40 time? Um, what's your mile time? Um, how many pull-ups can you do, right? If you ask me about the pull-up even, um, I'd probably tell you, yes, pull-ups are great it shows a lot of strength, but I would much rather see you do, you know, bent over rows or something like that. Cause I think that rowing horizontal pull is a lot more important than vertical pull. So I think that the bench press is a variety of circumstances. One, almost every gym, right? Like the barbell was one of the first tools that we had and kind of recognized that, you know, this is kind of how you started the gym, right? So you've got almost every gym has a bench and a barbell, right? So that's thing one of the bench press. And thing two, and I think this is what, um, this is definitely what puts it over the top well, thing two is obviously you have like Instagram, right? And you have all these guys bench pressing insane amounts of weight, right? And thing three, I guess, is what put it over the top for me. And that is, um, I never wanted to necessarily bench like 600 pounds, right? My goal was always, I want to do 225 a bunch of times. And the reason for that was because, you know, growing up, you, you know, read the NFL combine stats, you watch the NFL combine and you hear about, you know, all these guys doing agility drills, et cetera, but the lift they took on was 225 pounds at the bench press. So for me, I think it's, I think that's the other piece. It's like, oh, this is an athlete thing, right? Even though most athletes, most NFL guys will tell you they don't spend a whole ton of time barbell bench pressing after they get out of, after they get past the NFL combine. Um, and most scouts, it's interesting. I remember asking a scouting friend of mine, why do why do they do a, why do we do uh why are we so obsessed with 225 on the barbell bench press? And I got a very roundabout answer from him. He was like, well, it's a good mental challenge. Um, you know, it tests the fact that they were willing to learn technique and stuff like that. And that's all he really gave me, you know. So I think I think it's a combination of of the mythicness of it in sport and the availability of it in every single gym you're ever gonna find. That's super fascinating that that's the type of answer that you got from the scout, that there wasn't really too much of a physical application to the game that they're really looking for through that measure. Um, yeah, that's, that's really wild to me. Yeah, I'm just really, oh, go for it. No, I was going to say the scouting combine is, is a fascinating thing because I think a lot, it, it's been around for what? I mean, Tom Brady was in the combine in like 96. So it's been around for what, 30, 40 years, right? And I think it's kind of like a bunch of guys chose a bunch of exercises they kind of thought corresponded to sport, corresponded to that sport. And it just grew and grew and grew. And it's really in need of a revamp, right? Um, you could argue at, you could argue they should be testing, you know, guys doing deadlifts or squats on force plates, you know, um, or, you know, they should be testing like max velocity on kettlebell swing. There are lots of different things you can test. They should be testing deadlifts, right? Um, there's so many things you can test, but they just haven't changed it because it's already this big, you know, it's this big event on, on NFL network. So it's never going to change. Super fascinating. I, I love thinking about the ways in which certain like sports dynamics are outdated, like Moneyball will forever be a favorite movie of mine. I don't know if you've seen it, um, about like the Oakland A's transformation. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited to incorporate some more horizontal pulling in my routines for sure. Uh, cause I'm definitely someone who prides themselves on, you know, how many pull-ups I can do and kind of focus on body weight kettlebell training at the moment. Um, but I want to, I want to steer this a little bit into more of our mission. And I'm sure, as you know, from working with athletes, 
on their physical and just with, you know, how antiquated you are with, with the gym and with men's health magazine, the important relationship between fitness and, and mental health. Um, so drawing on your experience in, in a professional or even personal light, how do you see the connection and benefits translating from the gym towards a, a mental health perspective? It's interesting because I think, um, the, the gym is, is, is a hard challenge, right? That's what you go into on some level, no matter what you're doing fitness-wise. Um, you're going into the gym, you're challenging yourself, and you're, and you're kind of pushing your limits, right? And I think what you get out of that and what I've, what I've gradually learned over time is that reps of anything, right? Reps are what you need, you know? That's how you build confidence. It's how you kind of know that, you know, it's how you kind of, you know, when I, I, like to, I like to think about it even, you go back to the bench press, Right. Um, so the first, the first time I, I step on, I step under any weight that's new for me, 275, 295, 315, whatever it is. Right. I don't really know if I can do it. You know, that's the whole thing. That's why you get a spot because you're pushing your limits. You don't really know you can, how you, you know, I don't know if I can do it. If I'm going for 20 reps on 225, right. I don't know if I can do it. And over time, right. Over time, I'm going to, I hit those numbers, right? I hit these numbers that I didn't think I could do. And over time, when you keep going to the gym, when you keep training, whether it's like you're going to your orange theory class and you're, you're breaking through plateaus there, or you're doing it with the bench press, or, you know, you're doing it with, um, you know, you're breaking your, your mile run time, right? You're bettering your one mile run time. Um, over time, as you do these things, you kind of build confidence in yourself and you start to realize that thing I didn't think I could do, I might be capable of, right? And I think you carry that confidence beyond the gym, right? If I can sit under 315 pounds for the first time, if you can do that, Reed, like you said, the first time you're under 315 and you don't know if you can do it and somehow you get it up, right? Then, you know, when you go to your job interview um, that you don't know if you're going to get, right? Or your audition for a movie or whatever that you don't know if you're going to get, or your next meeting, you know, at Deloitte, um, where you have to pitch them for the first time, it's like you have, you, you gradually build this well of, of confidence that you're capable of things you didn't realize, right? And I think that's one of the greatest things, that's one of the greatest lessons that the gym teaches. It teaches, I can attempt something, I can, I can have the confidence and courage to attempt something um, that I didn't know if I could do, and I can crush it, and that same capability transfers over, it's going to transfer over to my next lift, but it's going to transfer over to life too. So I think that's probably the, the biggest um, general mental health benefit I'd see from fitness. I totally 100% agree with that. You know, ever since I started lifting, uh, what was it? going into my freshman year of high school, it was ever so slight that transformation from I don't think I can do it to maybe I can do it. And that mental shift just knowing that if I'm going into the gym and challenging myself every day, then in all other aspects of life, I can, you know, take on whatever it is. And in the, in the fall, I went on uh, an expedition through one of my leadership classes here at Ohio state and we went uh, mountain climbing. And when I reached the peak, I was, I was really scared. This is my first time ever mountain climbing. And I said to uh, the professor who actually climbed with us, uh, being that I had a, a statistics exam in, in three days from then, I said to him, you know, if I can, if I can climb this mountain, I can totally do well on my exam. Right. So it's, it's really, doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's, it's in the gym, any sort of physical exertion, any challenge that you take on, it really just goes into all aspects of life and, and gives you that confidence that, you know, is, is super important no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it's like a, in, for most people, right. The thing that's different about the gym than life, right. Is um, the gym is a choice. You know, you choose to, um, to place yourself in a situation where you're going to kind of repeatedly challenge yourself. Right. And that kind of differs from, you know, I have to face this challenge for work because it's kind of my job and I need to pay the bills. Right. Or I have to face this challenge because my mom told me to do it or my teacher told me to do it. Um, it's like you make that choice, right? And along the way, you also kind of learn, you learn the pieces of how you, of how you successfully complete just about any challenge, right? One of the interesting things for me is, um, I think 
maybe three or four years ago is when I did my first workout video, New Rules of Muscle for Men's Health, right? And I remember um, I'd never, you know, I actually, I think I got like a C in speech comm when I was an undergrad. So public speaking is not my thing, right? Um, but I remember it's kind of like, I remember prepping for it, right? And it's like, do I want to do this? If I'm going to do this, well, I'm going to take the challenge. So how do I survive that, right? The exact same way I got to 315 on the bench press, which is reps and reps and reps. And it's really preparation. You know, it's like when I sat under 315, it's because I succeeded at 295 and 275 and 255 before that, right? So it's like I built up to it and kind of trained for it and I prepared for it. And it was the same thing going into a video. Well, I don't know how to talk on camera. I've never done this before. Um, but let me put in the reps. Let me put in a lot, a lot of reps, even though I have about a month to learn this. So I'm not going to have that same track record. I'm not going to have the same runway I had to my 315 bench press. But let me put in, you know, as many reps as I can, because then when I get there, it, it'll be challenging, but I, I know I can get through, you know? So you learn kind of, I think you learn those things. Um, the gym teaches so much, so much beyond just building muscle. I think it builds your mind as much too. Totally. I, I think all of that really resonates with me. It goes back to what you said at the beginning about how, you wanted to sort of like look like a superhero in these lifts, you know, it gives you that just outward physical confidence, but also the, the mental capacity to have that kind of discipline. I think all the time, like you said about kind of the consistent reps that it takes to work towards that goal is, you know, even more so the same discipline to other skills in life. It's like that kind of walk to the gym, like for all three of us, who just especially love, you know, the gym, it's, it's a passion, it's, it's a profession um, for you there are some days I'm, I'm sure where you aren't really feeling it, especially compared to others. And even overcoming that hurdle to get to the gym, I often find those are my best workouts. And I often feel the best afterwards too, knowing that I, I made it to the gym. I had the discipline too. And so Eb, I want, I want to kind of gauge um, the advice you give to clients or uh, people in general who, who have a hard time kind of committing to the gym making fitness a, a regular part of the routine and what either strategies or just like what you tell those people to increase their motivation or discipline. Uh, so I think, so, so a couple of things, I think the, the fundamental thing that's hard for, um, for people when they get started is the gym seems so daunting. It's like, do I bench press? Do I dumbbell press? What's a kettlebell? How many reps do I do with this? How many, you know, should I, should, should I interval train? There's so many options out there. Um, and you know, most of it is obvious. There, there's a lot of science behind that, but I think it's overwhelming for people and they don't know where to start. So the, I want, and I think what they, what I tell people to do to start is I tell them to, um, keep it super simple. Right. And you just really need to move to start and you don't need to move a lot because what I really need for you to do, like, it's great if you go for say 30 days and you work out two hours a day and you're crushing it on the bench press in the row and you're really pushing yourself to fatigue and you're in a pool of sweat at the end of every workout, but that's not going to really be sustainable and you're going to, you're going to burn yourself out. Right. So, and, and, and it's also, again, just thinking about all that feels daunting. So to me, what I tell people to do is give me seven minutes a day, right? Let's start with seven minutes a day. And the purpose for that, is because seven minutes is not some kind of massive number, right? Anybody, you know, if, if you if you stop The Witcher seven minutes early, like when you're on your, your, your Netflix session for the night, you can make seven minutes, right? And what you do is you commit to seven minutes, but it's every single day, right? And, you know, I, I'll map out, you know, body weight workouts or something like that. There are plenty of quick workouts you can just build for yourself online. Um, I'll map out some simple workouts for them. And all they have to do is get that seven minutes in. And what you gradually see is, wow, I, I, I get done with that seven minutes and I have more energy. I don't have less, right? I feel, it kind of felt good to, to get my heart rate up. Um, my lower back feels alive, right? Um, and then you're reinforcing all the good stuff that can happen with fitness. And what I've, what I've seen in practice with that is I, I had one person who, um, we did seven minute workouts. He was trying to lose weight. I think he lost something like 30 pounds because we just started there. Cause the other thing with seven minutes is, um, is you can repeat seven minutes a couple of times a day, right? It's hard to block out two hours to train sometimes. 
hard to black out and a half hour workout is really 15 minutes of the gym, 15 minutes back, 10 minutes shower somewhere in there. Right. So that feels again, daunting. Um, but seven minutes, he was able, I was like, do it once. And if you have time later in the day, do the same workout again. Right. Um, and then, um, and so he was able to do that. I had another client who, um, you know, she's a, she's an older lady. Um, she started out just seven minutes, nice and easy. And then all of a sudden she's more online because she lives in Virginia. Um, all of a sudden she's texting me, Hey, I did like 40 pushups today. And I was on the roller for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, chill. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, and, and, but again, because you, you see the virtue of it and then you realize you can commit to yourself. And then the other thing is you set this, this pattern, which I think is what we really need to do. Right. You're able to, well, let's get one seven minute day and then let's get two in a row and then let's get three. And eventually let's keep stacking these days. Right. And then, and, then it's like, well, I don't want to miss a day because I've, I've found seven minutes, 20 days straight. So let me go for 21. Right. And I think what we have to do is, um, is learn like what you want to do to build a habit is string these workouts together and keeping it small and manageable. It doesn't have to be seven. It can be like 15, you know, the, the advanced version of that is making sure to get 45 minutes in the day. Um, you know, 45 minutes of strength training, but start small and manageable and then just kind of work to string that together as many consecutive days as possible. Speaking of, you know, getting into a fitness routine, my girlfriend currently is, is getting really into um, lifting weights and she just started a program and it's like, I'm, I'm watching her fall in love with it just like I did some years ago. Um, and Jonah and I, we train pretty differently he's he's into running he's really into kettlebells I'm into you know a lot of just like lifting heavy and and just training really hard um how did you get your start in fitness and what was kind of the evolution of your training styles through the years it's interesting I it's it's interesting because I feel like I feel like you either you all everybody starts in one of two places right you either start in bodybuilding you know lifting heavy things or you start in running so you guys are kind of the best of both worlds in that i guess um for me i started in a lot of bodybuilding concepts right i i you know and part of it is because at the time if you really look at kind of the the proliferation and growth of of kind of more performance training for a while that's that's not the entry point for most people who go to the gym most people it's like strength training muscles arnold you know um you know, biceps curls, and that's kind of where you start. So that's kind of what um, what I started with and did for probably like the most, the first eight to 10 years from the time I was like, probably from the time I was like 14 or 15. And it was just learn a push-up, right? Um, but the tools to learn a push-up involved like dumbbell bench press um, with very, very tiny dumbbells because I was not very strong when I was 14. Um, and I think that's, I, I would probably did that up until, up until maybe like, like 2016 or something like that. No, not quite. Maybe a little bit earlier that, like 2013. Um, I probably did it that way because that's all I knew. Right. Um, then I actually hurt my shoulder. I hurt my shoulder kind of dabbling in CrossFit, um, doing muscle ups and building completely ridiculous muscle ups and, and power clean workouts because I didn't really understand what the power clean was. Right. And when I hurt my shoulder, I actually, um, in my left shoulder, I, I, so I tore my labrum. Um, I think I have something like 12 anchors in there right now. Um, but what I had to do or what I felt like I wanted to do was kind of go back to the drawing board and really study. Um, well, this is why this happened, how the shoulder works, um, because I needed to be better, right? I couldn't just do four sets of 10 to 12 for my whole life. So I studied a lot of the science on my shoulder and started marrying, um, you know, performance training, speed training and all the other stuff. Um, and now what I do is I try, you know, I still have like that bodybuilding background, but I've been able to study. One of the coolest things for mental health for me is I've been able to study um, a variety of other disciplines, right? Work in um, speed training, um, performance training, gymnastics. Um, men's health forces me to be, to not just, say bodybuilding or CrossFit or anything is the only way to fitness because it's not going to work for, like you said, your girlfriend, it's not going to work for, uh, for Jonah because he wants to go running. Right. So how do I kind of marry this to be well-rounded? Um, and so that's kind of what I try to do. It's like, I try to, I have my strength training. I'm going to get a lot of kettlebell work in, 
I'm going to get my time on the, on the, uh, on the, uh, the manual treadmill, you know, I'll get my time on the skier. And um, to be honest, I think that's what it is to kind of be like a superhero. You know, it's like the bodybuilding stuff is going to get me to look the part. Um, I want to move the part, you know, sprint the part um, and feel the part. And I need all those other pieces of fitness in order to have that. To our audience that, sorry, Jones, you go ahead. Very good. Um, to, to our audience that are also aspiring superhero looking dudes, like, like Reed and I, um, in your, in your studies and research, um, with men's health, what are, what are examples of some exercises that you don't think, um, enough men or women for that matter are, are doing on a regular basis that you think would elevate their training? I think, I think the, um, probably I'll give you three, right. And I think the first one is, um, and these are just kind of fundamental movement patterns. Um, I don't necessarily care how you get them. Like you don't have to use like the barbell or dumbbells or you can use whatever you have. Right. But I think more people, we, we as a society have to take rowing more seriously. Right. We're all kind of sitting in this position here. Um, and that puts us in this forward position. It's very short in the chest. Our, our back muscles aren't strong because we don't necessarily use them as much. Um, and all of that shifts your shoulder forward. So everybody's got to get that back, right? And that's actually the case also for, um, it's one of the big reasons. I always prioritize pull. I, I see Reed like moving around over there. <laughs> trying I to get a feel for my lats right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always prioritize like pull over push. My, my first day of my split is pull. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'll hit the back. Um, and I'll push the day after that, because especially when you're going insanely hard, when you're going the hardest you can, right, there is a little bit of systemic fatigue that I'm going to arrive with to my Tuesday, right, which is fine, because I'd rather be a little weaker on my bench press, you know, um, but I would love to see everybody get some kind of horizontal row. In. That could be a dumbbell row, it could be a barbell row, a cable row, a seated cable row. Um, I think you want, like, everybody needs to horizontal pull. If there's one exercise I could get everybody to do three times a week, and all it was all they're going to do, do one of those three row exercises. Um, the other exercise I'll give out is the hollow hold. It's a, and it's a gymnastics concept um, that basically teach, it's basically lie on the ground, press your lower back into the ground like you're squishing a bug there, and extend your legs as far as possible in front of you, extend your hands as far as possible over, behind you, without losing that tightness in your lower back. Lower back stays pressed into the ground. And I like that one because it's kind of like, it's an ab move, but it's a next level ab move. And it's not just training your, your abs, your rectus abdominis, but it's training your abs, your obliques, and your lower back muscles together. And that's kind of how we use them in real life. And the hollow hold is pretty much, um, it's kind of how I built my abs. Once I used to do, I used to do something like 1500 sit-ups a day, and it was exhausting and boring and I would lose count. And I think it was probably like really like 1300 cause I probably skipped a bunch of numbers, right? But, um, but I get, it, it also was like pulling me forward. It was pulling me into like a not great position. The hollow hold teaches your core to work as a unit. Um, so it's probably the single best core exercise I would have. And then the last one is if you do it properly and that's the key part here, if you do it properly I would love to see everybody kettlebell swing. Right. Um, and the reason for that is two reasons. One, um, it's forcing you it, it, at the top of every kettlebell swing, you drive your hips forward and you squeeze your glutes. Right. And that's the exact opposite of the motion we're all making right now. Right now we're sitting down and our glutes are super relaxed and our hip flexors are, you know, getting tight and we need to offset that. So the same way we, we row to offset, um, you know, the seated position and kind of train our rhomboids a little bit. Um, the kettlebell swing is going to offset all this. Thing. I, I keep seeing Joan move around and I'm, I'm sorry. I thought that's just, <laughs> it's kind of cool to see. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I, Cause I, I can tell it. you, I, I can tell you like, like trying to feel it, but, um, but the kettlebell swing um, addresses that. And it also addresses um, the one thing I don't get from my bodybuilding routines, which is velocity, right? Like I've got to move that kettlebell fast. Um, and we all need power. There's actually a lot of research that says, strength right the the ability to move max weight the ability to do my four sets of 10 on bench press right i can hold that as i age you know till 50 55 60 etc what go what what diminishes earlier for people is power right um which is the ability to jump really high once you know or move that bench press weight ultra fast right 
And so we want to train that power and you train that when you do kettlebell swing. So I love kettlebell swing, even though the me from a decade ago, who's only bodybuilding was like, that looks dumb. Doesn't work my front shoulders. But um, now I, I love kettlebell swings. I, you got to learn how to do them. But if you learn how to do them, it's still worth it. You're speaking my language. Love, love swinging. And I do hollow holds for like just very, like I, I went all like bench on the floor. I'll do it in a hollow hold or some hollow hold pullovers. I was doing with a friend last week. Love, love to hear it. Thanks, Zeb. Yeah. Uh, a follow-up question I have with that. I know you mentioned your earliest goals were to look and move like a superhero. And it seems like those still hold true today. Um, that's kind of something that I sometimes struggle with in the gym is that I don't always have a definite goal. It's kind of just lift to look and be strong. Um, but I don't necessarily always have long-term goals. So if you had to kind of pick someone's brain and offer some advice to help them find reasonable and, you know, sustainable goals that aren't just like a, a month long thing, but kind of like, uh, not an everlasting, but kind of a lengthy type of, of thing. What would you, what would you look for? That's a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting question. It's also a, it's a really hard question too, right? Because I think everybody's goals are, are, are definitely a little bit different. That's really hard. I got to think here. I kind of, I kind of feel like you, you start with kind of a goal that's like, and that's for me, I can tell you the way I do it. Right. And for me, it starts with like a goal that's, that functions as like a North star. And I try to never lose sight of. Right. And I think that's kind of like, it can be a little bit high in the sky. Right. Because the reality is like, I'm not actually going to be a superhero, you know, um, maybe one day in Marvel, but um, it can be a little bit high in the sky and a little bit extreme because, and it should be right. It should be something because, one of the challenges of like the more tangible goals that you're talking about is um, you get them and then you don't know what to do. Right. And like, like three, and then, and then you get caught up in this thing where it's like, you're always going up because you can't think of anything else to do. Right. So I got 225 on the bench. I guess I'm doing 250 now. That's my next goal. I got 250. I guess I got to do 300. I got three. And one of the things I realized probably about three years ago four years ago, it's kind of, I was like, I'm kind of happy with my bench press. I feel like visually my chest looks like what I wanted to, but I'm still going up to like 325 and like, why, you know? Um, and so I think having kind of a North star goal and it can be performance-based. I want to be as fast as Usain Bolt, right? Or it can be visual. I want to look like Chris Hemsworth. Having something like that is kind of your North Star that you can just hold. And it's going to change and you're going to fall short on it, right? But honestly, falling short a little bit teaches us valuable lessons about reps too, because we miss reps all the time, don't we? Um, so I think you start with that goal. And then from there, you just try to um, almost like create micro goals every year or every couple months, right? So, you know, I start with my, my superhero thing. I want to look like a superhero. I want to perform like a superhero. I want to feel like one, right? And so every year, what I do at the start of the year is I try to choose um, one muscle group that, you know, I want to focus on a little bit aesthetically, right? And just kind of clean it up, right? I try to choose one tangible performance goal, right? that, you know, like, like I want to make my hundred meter dash faster this year. Right. Or I want to, um, I want to learn how to, um, do a planche. Right. Um, and then I kind of choose, and then I, I think that, Oh, I mixed it up a little bit. I, uh, the, Cause the third one is I choose one skill goal. Right. Because I want to, um, kind of feel better and move better. Um, so I want to learn to, so hundred meter dash, I want to make that faster. Right. Um, let me choose a skill goal. Um, I want to learn how to do a planche. I want to learn how to master the outfit. I want to do a perfect um, single arm push up, you know, without kind of uh, the whole thing where you look completely off balance, right? Um, and I, I think I try to do that. And then from there, you break it down. From there, I start the year with those goals. And then every couple of months, I'm, I'm breaking it down into micro, micro goals that let me tackle my smaller goals, right? But I think the biggest thing is like, is like, have a north star something you really like really and it for you it might be like jay cutler you know or um not the football player the, the bodybuilder but you know it might be jay cutler or it might be you know um i want to 
throw the football like Patrick Mahomes, but have like a have like a crazy north star, and then choose all these smaller goals off of that that will kind of let you continue to push towards that north star. I like the idea of the the north star kind of being unattainable because if it is something that is like not too far fetched, then you get there and you're kind of lost and and you don't know where to go and you can if it's too easy then maybe you can find excuses and and kind of stray off the path. So I, I really like that. Um, speaking of Jay Cutler, now that you mentioned him, are there, <laughs> aside, from, aside from yourself, of course, who are some people that are out there on social media that are pushing uh, really just good uh, fitness content that's informing people um, rather than kind of just pushing bro science nonsense? It's it's interesting. Uh, so so one thing I'll say about bro science real quick um, is just it's interesting because a lot of I think a lot of fitness innovations, if you will, some like somebody's got to do it before anybody can research it, right? Um, so I, like bro science gets a bad rap and it gets a lot of things wrong. Like guys on guys get a lot of things wrong, but I don't I don't necessarily dismiss that crowd too early because every so often you learn something that kind of makes sense and they can't tell you why it makes sense that's where you know people like brad schoenfeld come in um but they can um but they started it and that's why a brad schoenfeld or, or another kind of more research-based fitness guy um you know researched it because there was something out there um to the guys i really like um i'm a big fan of uh, marcus philly right now um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he, he's, um, he's an ex-crossfitter. Um, I really like what he's about because he's, um, he kind of came out of CrossFit, realized CrossFit is brutal if you guys have ever done it, right? Um, takes your body to the limit. Um, was like, this isn't sustainable, but there are a lot of good lessons. And I agree with him on this. There are a lot of really good lessons from CrossFit in terms of kind of making your programming more interesting, um, hitting a little bit more heart rate um, than what we're going to get when we just go in and do kind of standard strength training. Um, there's value to that. There's value to the mobility. And so what he created is this kind of hybrid way of training that he calls functional bodybuilding. Um, and it, it works and it's good. And he's got a lot of good ideas. He's also kind of uh, doing a lot of really cool um, mobility stuff. Um, I'm a huge fan. I actually grew up um, on Athlean X. If you guys are familiar of with course. Yeah. Reed and I used to take his, yeah. his supplements all the time during quarantine. We would, we would yeah. corn train together. We called it. It was awesome. Yeah. I've been watching <laughs> yeah. Jeff forever. He's uh he's pretty much a, so a lot of the way that, um, that kind of, I think and approach fitness is actually big. Cause that, that year when, um, that year when, uh, my shoulder was all wonky and stuff like that, I basically, I couldn't really do anything for, if you, if you tear up your labrum, you're kind of stuck for like six months. Right. But you can't, I mean, you can't really try it. You can do little things, but you can't go hard. Right. Um, so I just basically binged on Athlean Next videos for the entire time. Um, and I was like, this guy is, is brilliant, but he's influenced like a lot of how I think just in terms of being science-based um, and also thinking outside the box, right? Because I think like a lot of people, again, it's really easy to fall into the four sets of 12 on barbell bench press trap, right? And one of the things Athlean X does, one of the things Jeff does really well is he kind of... Um, he's like, you know what, this doesn't make any sense. So I'm not going to do it. Right. Or let me look at the force curve on this move and tweak it a little bit to make it better. So a lot of that has influenced how I think. So he's probably, he's, he's another guy I really like. Don Saladino is another guy I really like. We train together um, all the time. And he's just like kind of old school strength. Right. Um, there's a lot of kind of fluff out there um, and stuff that can kind of, you, you know, like, like their variability is good in your workout and there's a purpose for it. Um, but he's a good guy who will always kind of get me back on track. It's like, do you really need to do that weird looking exercise that you're doing right now? Or should you be doing, you know, German volume squats? Um, and the answer nine times out of 10, at least for me, is I probably should be doing my German volume squats instead of avoiding them. And I'll give you one more guy who's really good for um, kind of beginners if you want to learn technique. Um, and kind of, he's a little bit under the radar, um, but he's a really good guy for technique and, you know, just starting to understand and starting to think fitness a little bit more. And that's, um, David Ote. He's another, he's a really, he's a really good guy. Um, 
who I think he caused a little bit of a firestorm in fitness Twitter last year or fitness Instagram uh, last week because he was uh, he was dissing the uh, the Turkish guy that have been calling it overrated or asking basically if people need to do it and people are passionate about their getups so you know right. about people or for yeah. sure uh, touching back as you did mention Jeff. Uh, I think I saw on your page and men's health page that you guys are launching a, a new YouTube program together. Um, we're not launching any YouTube. We, we have a uh, men's health is actually launching uh, men's health muscle, which is a new okay. YouTube channel. Right. Um, it, yeah. And uh, Jeff is the uh, Jeff is a part of that. So me, uh, me and Jeff actually filmed, um, I want to say late last year, we filmed a series of, um, kind of and it was really fun working with him too but um we filmed a series of kind of uh ultra tight um finishers that kind of that, that are smarter than just hey i'm just going to be biceps curls so i can't do it anymore um they're smarter have a little bit of kind of rest built into them that way you can push your muscles a little bit farther than you normally would um and they're just fun like ways to mix up your training that basically aren't you know pointless variability right yeah no me and jonah when uh like during the initial quarantine period for COVID, we would uh, we were training out of my basement. We had a barbell, dumbbells up to fifty, and I was able to find some some uh some weight plates for for the barbell somewhere. And at the end of every workout, we would we would rip a an athlete X finisher. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see <laughs> oh, yeah. some of those finishers that you guys put together. Maybe put those to use. The seven minute or the six minute six pack shredder, whatever whatever Jeff yeah, put together. Yeah. Um, Ab, I'm curious, uh, outside of the gym and the fitness realm, and you can draw on whether this is, uh, from men's health, uh, or just kind of on, on your own, um, what, what non-fitness, uh, tools or habits do you implement for your daily well-being and kind of just mental health regimen? Uh, to be honest for me, I like the days are long, you know, um, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of kind of office work, um, meetings, videotaping, um, and, and then more meetings. Cause I, I have a lot of kind of outside interests. Um, so by the time I get to the end of the day, I, to be honest, I need to do more mindful, mindfulness stuff, right? It's probably my greatest weakness. What I try to do though, is leave like the back end of, and this takes very different forms, you know, whether I'm flying, um, just got to a hotel, um, whether I got back from the gym on kind of a normal day, um, whatever, I try to leave like the last two hours. Um, and this is going to sound a little bit, um, it may sound a little bit silly. It's not conventional necessarily, but, um, I try to leave the last two hours just to, um, like veg out and play video games. Right. They're like, that's not my sonus at all. Um, but it kind of, it kind of works because it's, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm never playing anything super intense. I'm not like, you know, online until 3 a.m. Um, playing, you know, playing like Call of Duty against like 10 year olds. Um, I'll play by myself um, I'll, or I'll play with my brother. So it also kind of doubles as like a little bit of quality time, right? Totally. Because um, we don't catch up nearly enough or as much as we should. Um, but, and it also kind of stimulates like a different part of my brain, right? Um, especially, you know, one of the interesting things about video games, and we did something on this um, at Men's Health maybe three years ago, I think. Um, it was a super tight feature on just how video games kind of affect your brain, right? And one of the interesting things that happens in, like my day, I kind of know it like the back of my hand. Yes, it's different. There are different things that happen or whatever, but I'm going to film. I'm going to go to a bunch of meetings. I'm going to go to the gym, right? And we kind of, I know that pattern. I know the places that happens, right? Um, and it would be great to like explore the world more, but I don't always get to. Um, video games push me, like you have to, you go into whatever video game, whether it's like Super Mario or Zelda or um, NBA 2K, whatever, you have to learn new mechanics, you know? You have to learn kind of, you know, the different systems that are in the game. Um, and those systems, you know, these days they make them incredibly complex. And you have to, sometimes you have to wander around some kind of game world when you're playing like a Grand Theft Auto or something like that. And all of that has value to continue to force your brain to, um, to deal with new situations um, and to see new situations. So there's value in kind of trying to play a game and trying to understand how it, how it, you know, how the combat in the video game works with the leveling up, works with, you know, the 10 year olds who come play it. Um, trying to work through all of that is actually kind of useful um, for a different part of my brain. So I'll spend like two hours doing that. 
Um, and maybe all of everything I said is just an excuse to spend two hours pointlessly playing video games, but it works for me. So, yeah. I, I, I kind of agree needs their outlet. Yeah. Recently, yeah. me and me and one of my roommates, uh, we've been playing a lot of NHL and neither of us are very good at all, but it's, it's really fun. It's like a great way to like end the night, a little bit of a rivalry and just kind of decompressing, not really thinking about much. So it's, it's another one of those kind of, not really thought about, not so generally accepted, um, you know, mental outlets and mindfulness practices that nobody would normally associate with being of, you know, that type of quality. Yeah, exactly. And there, again, there are other things out there, but I do think it's about kind of finding something that, um, that works for you. If I had to sit, if I had to sit and meditate or something like that, I'd probably lose my mind, you know? Um, but that's just me, right? So I think it's about finding something that relaxes you. There's a lot of research in, in the world of, of recovery because, you know, there's all these recovery booths and, um, and e-stim and all this stuff, right? Um, and most of it, the research is a little bit fuzzy on the hard research. But the one thing we know about recovery science, right, is if it makes you feel better mentally, if it down regulates you mentally, it's working on some level because it's going to get your parasympathetic, your parasympathetic nervous system where it needs to be so that, so that you can, your body can properly recover. So on some level, if anything relaxes you, it's good. So video games relax me. So yeah. That's great to hear. Cause I love spending, I just, I don't know if you know the East Bank club in Chicago, that's where I, I work out at and the sauna, I could spend like 30 minutes in there every day for the rest of my life. Absolutely yeah. love it. <laughs> Yeah, love that. Sauna's probably more proven than some of the other stuff. Jonah and I, we used to go to a gym that was partnered with uh, the Chicago Bears. Um, and every day, it was it was over winter break when we had our month there. And we would do cryotherapy. We would wear the Normatec boots. We would get like aqua massages. And <laughs> some of this it. stuff probably doesn't help at all. But it was all kind of just like relaxing us, you know, making us feel like it was doing something. Yeah, it's interesting. The boots are like the the boots are the hot thing now, right? Right. Um, and it's interesting because I mean, I think there is more and more science coming out to back them. But even before, even have you have you guys you've used the boots? It feels like it feels yeah. like an air massage, right? Yeah. It's the greatest yeah, thing it's ever. Nice. It's like it's like a thousand tiny air fingers, like like you know, compressing and relaxing on your legs. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Before there was any research. NBA guys and NFL guys were all over this, but we're all over them at Under Armour. And it's because they feel great. So it's like, who right. cares if they work or not? Right. They feel great. Yeah. Wow. Ab, this has been an unbelievable conversation. We, we really appreciate it and all the, all the insights you've dropped. We usually conclude um, our, our interviews with a game of what we call Take It on Trivia. Kind of just ask, you know, what you're, what you're listening to, what your favorite TV shows, movies, books, any mantras you live by. Kind of want to tailor this to a little bit more more fitness oriented. Um, the the question on my mind definitely reads is kind of like of what's course. your what are your go to gym songs? Like what's your max out song? What's like what are the big hitters on your playlist? Can, can I actually just look at my playlist? I've got some new ones on here, right? Awesome, yeah. Am I allowed to is this cheating or no? No, no. no go go for it. Okay, let's just let's, let's, let me uh, give me two seconds here. Um. Yeah, because I've been, um, so big ones, um, Drake Nonstop, huge fan of that. Um, Eminent to like a last, that's the, uh, that's the that um, end game workout song, right? And uh, Emin, honestly, it's a lot of Eminem. Eminem and Eminem Lose Yourself, um, but that's, that's kind of played out, right? I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and I I've still been know into, all the words. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can. I could. I could give it to you right now. Um, and coming in hot is the other one. Um, that the one that's um, that everybody's using as like just a soundtrack for their uh, Instagram stuff. Love that one. Coming in hot is that Eminem also? No, it's this Who's that uh, Andy Mineo and like Lecrae or something like that. It's it's a, it's like the Instagram. It's the it's the it's a okay. very hot one on Instagram Reels. All right, I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah. Any uh, any kind of aside from live and, and move and feel like a superhero, any type of life mantras or sayings that you live by? Um, not really. I, the one thing I have been, or I wouldn't say there's a life mantra, but it's one thing I do think about a lot. 
uh, as the concept of motivation, right? I'm like, the goal isn't to be motivated, right? The goal is to be consistent. Because kind of like you were saying earlier, Jonah, um, the your best workouts, are, you're not necessarily motivated to do them, right? You do them because you because you're consistent, right? And so just the whole concept of being consistent, you know, is a heck of a lot more than uh, important than being motivated. Um, and then the other one is like, and I think we all learned it over the pandemic, like, if you really want to train, and I really want to train, right, I'm going to find a way, like, I think people make excuses about like equipment, you know, I didn't have dumbbells, I didn't have if you really want to train, there's something heavy around that you can pick up and you can like throw a rock around, you know, so those are the two things that I keep in the back of my mind a lot when I'm training. Love it. What's your, what's your favorite MCU content? Ah, wow. It's changed. Um, but I think my, probably my all-time favorite, I mean, Endgame is great. Um, second favorite is uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. That was just really good. Coming to the um, wow. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just thought it was, it was like, it was just so well put together. Um, but the, the stuff they've been doing on Disney Plus, um, I did not expect to like Hawkeye. I was kind of going to mail it in and not really pay attention to it. Um, I probably like laughed harder and had more, oh my God, what's going on here is watching that than I did um, any of the other, uh, any of the other stuff they've had. The Spider-Man stuff is good too, but um, yeah, there you go. That's surprising. I haven't watched Hawkeye, but I would not expect Clint to be that, that funny of a guy. That's the thing. <laughs> I, um, I kind of, uh, I was like watching it. I wasn't very into it. And then all of a sudden, but it, and it's just, it's not about him right there's so much um um the the girl from black widow sister is in there um there's just so much stuff i don't want to wreck it for you so i'm gonna stop yeah, but sure. yeah read you're slacking on your mcu drive i we're, am like we're huge uh mcu nerds like reed and i have seen probably in, like infinity war maybe like 50 plus times um just absolutely absolutely love it um and really really hope they cast you as a superhero i mean you, you look the part yeah they should right yeah, we gotta make that happen. <laughs> and you are, you already train with Don, and it should be it should be a perfect pairing. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, this has been this has been phenomenal. Um, we we so appreciate you coming on the show. Are there any any men's health or personal related plugs you want to shout out? Uh, no, I mean obviously, um, I think everybody should pay attention to men's health muscle. We have some super cool stuff come in there. Um, stuff that I think will surprise people because it's not just going to be, um, it's not just going to be, Hey, here's how to do a kettlebell swing. Um, we actually filmed, um, a little spoiler. We filmed some content, um, last week that I'm super excited for where basically, um, we gave people next level tips for how they can bench press better. Um, like little things that you don't think about that can really make or break your lift to get more out of it. Um, so everybody should follow mental health muscle. And then also, um, everybody should have the flexive app. If you can't figure out where to start in fitness. And I think we talked a lot about, you know, how you go it alone. If you can't go it alone, um, flex it is probably the best way to, to kind of work with a trainer because it's going to be, it's like literally like a live one-on-one. It's a, it's almost like a zoom session, except a little bit higher res. And there are some tools on there that, um, so I've worked with clients. Um, I've actually, I was skeptical of virtual training, um, going into the pandemic, um, and then last summer, I basically got a guy, I think from like 150 pound deadlift, we got it to like 225. Um, and it was all over online, which very much, which very pleasantly um, surprised me. So I think if, if for people who aren't sure how to start, um, go get yourself a training around Flexit, start the habit, um, and you'll start to see results. Reed, what an awesome episode. What a great way to take it on. In 2022, uh, as a fitness genius, I've been following this dude on Instagram forever. Uh, I've been following men's health forever when I submitted a job application in 2016, I believe, to uh, be a journalist intern. I don't know. I've been in this space forever, and it was kind of a dream come true to, to talk to one of these guys. Yeah, no doubt. Ab is is super full of, of knowledge and wisdom and just a great guy to talk to. Me, you, and him in a room could probably talk for hours, but we had to be respectful of his time and, and, you know, and be respectful of the listener's time, of course, and kind of cut it. But I hope that everyone was able to get something out of that and kind of appreciate the the return of of Take It On in 2022. We're going to be coming out with a bang. We've got a couple of great guests lined up. And, yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to a great next year, Jones. Awesome. Me too.
Next week for Take 23, we're going to have Dr. Joy Pelkey, a practicing psychiatrist at the University of Michigan. Go Blue, baby. And also the host of a podcast. It's called Unlocking College Life. So a lot of crossover between our missions. Really, really excited for this. So stay tuned, folks, and read. You know how we do it. We're out of here. Deuces. Nice, man.